You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, let's do this thing. 7.08 in the morning, second hour of Wake Up Tucson. Tomorrow's our big uh, Super Bowl uh, party with Rocco from Rocco's Little Chicago, Mock Van Buren. It should be very fun tomorrow. And then I just uh, told you this morning that Dr. Robert Malone, the uh, inventor, one of the inventors of mRNA vaccine technology, who is the guy who went on with Joe Rogan a couple of Christmases ago that basically caused... Uh, Neil Young to cry and take his music off of Spotify for two months until he said, I need the money, and then put it back on. So Robert Malone's going to join me for a Valentine's Day interview on Tuesday um, on Wake Up Tucson, 8.07. So let's go to the phones. Let's go to U.S. Congressman David Schweikert. David, good morning. You know how to have all the fun, don't you? We're getting there. We're getting there, buddy. And coffee, too. We got Filthy Pirate, one of our favorite local roasters, does amazing coffee. And... Uh, Hey. We're doing it up. So, do, do you know? Do they have a website? They do, and they and they and they ship. So, okay, I, I, I you talk about it enough. I need to give it a try. You should, and tell me the next time you're coming down uh, to Tucson to uh, talk to desert uh, valley fever nerds, and uh, <laughs> we'll head over there. Uh, I, oh. I got a, I got a quote for you. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans. Want Medicare and Social Security to sunset? Uh, who said? Who said that, off, David Schweigert? How, how do how do mandatory programs sunset? <laughs> um, but 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 what was okay? Let's take this really seriously for a moment. Um, that is, I, if it's not <laughs> evil, it, no, no, seriously, if what the president did, it doesn't almost cross into evil. The willingness to demonstrate. His campaign kickoff, he cared so much more about sort of, is the pop term gaslighting. It is. um, Americans. The reality of it is we have an actuarial problem. And this isn't Republican or Democrats. It's math. Um, Social Security Trust Fund is gone in 10 years. And that basically means the typical, well, Social Security recipients will get about a 23% cut in, in the latest update, which is only 10 days old. So you're going to double senior poverty in America. And you think an honorable person holding the presidency would stand up and say, I need everyone's help. This has to be done bipartisan because it's such a third rail issue. We're going to do this together. We are going to not allow the doubling of senior poverty in America. We are going to find a way to fix the trust fund. Instead, instead, the man standing up there giving us the State of the Union chose to start his presidential campaign with making it so toxic that now you can't talk about it. So, so a year's worth of work where Republicans and Democrats in quiet little spaces and back rooms have been with actuaries and spending all this money trying to figure out because the math is a lot harder than people understand the brain trust out there just raise the spending cap i did a thing on the floor last night showing you raise the taxable portion of social security just just raise it so every dime of all income is subject to the 12.4 percent and you 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 do the incremental benefits 
also increase, you only cover 17% of the shortfall. If you make it just pure tax, there's no additional benefits. You cover 31% of the shortfall. Okay, now what do you do? It's the the, the dribble coming out of the left of, well, just raise more taxes. The numbers are so ugly, it doesn't fix the problem. And And now we can't talk about it. The timing of this is so peculiar because when we had you on two times ago, you just came off of your speech on the floor where you were talking about the press when they said, oh, Republicans exactly. want to kill the Republican Party. And then after you made fun of the press and you like got pissed off about that, then the crazy guy says that crap on well, Tuesday night. Well, what you, which you have to understand, and, and that's partially why you could see it coming. Um, it looks like what the Democrats did is a couple months ago, they did a bunch of focus groups and polling and said one of the ba- greatest ways – because too many seniors are voting for Republicans. Um, young people are committed to voting for Democrats, even if we screw them over with higher taxes and other things. Um, uh, they just don't understand enough about what's going on economically. So the Democrats need incrementally more of the senior vote. So let's actually turn this into an issue. We'll attack Republicans on it. We'll create questions in people's minds. And so... Not enough folks who think they're political understand it's math. They do focus groups. They do poll after poll after poll, then test messages. Um, They'll spend millions of dollars testing messages. And then the president will get up and use it in the State of the Union. Now watch what happens over the next couple months. You're going to see it as a talking point of the Democrats, but you're going to also start to see it come up in their ads and their mailings and their discussion groups on talking head groups on television. It's the beginning of the 2024 presidential race, and this was the first salvo. So remember, coming out of the after the 2020 election and they saw that they were losing Hispanic and black voters to Republicans, the first thing that came out was Republicans are a bunch of racists. Yep. And for, for folks on the Republican side who, who get all upset saying, why can't Republicans stay on message? Why can't we be unified? Um, you're about to live it all over again. You know, we run around and often some of our favorite people say crazy things, and it completely blows up the messaging. The Democrats actually spend all this money testing the message, and then they march in lockstep because take a look at a state like Arizona. Winning or losing is a tiny percentage of the voters. It is a battle for that little bit of the population that don't pay a lot of attention to us, that tune in at the last moment or get little dribbles, and it's about that population. If you're a Republican, you already know how you're voting. If you're a Democrat, you already know how you're voting. It's that... And that's what this game is all about right now. And what the Democrats have decided to do is be incredibly destructive. We need, from just a moral standpoint, to step up and and, and keep our promises. And because they've politicized everything, now it's almost impossible to have those um, discussions. I was glad that, uh, you know, because I know some of these people, when they were, they were upset that the Republicans, when he said that, were kind of yelling at him at the meeting, at the, at the speech. I was kind of cool with it because you just can't let that one go quietly by. Um, and, when people, and when people tell me about the people's house, hasn't been the people's house in a long, long time, so kiss my grits on people's house. Uh, look, I, I'm where you are. Uh, you know, I've been screaming at the trolls because you can't walk to um, floor votes. 
without having the little Democrat children chase you around with cameras and two or three sets. So, so you pass through one security checkpoint and they run up to one person's holding a camera and the other is saying, tell me, Mr. Schweiker, why do you want to cut Social Security and Medicare? And um, because I'm an idiot, I will stop and try to explain to him there's no such discussion. You know, I've been the for the previous year. I was the senior Republican over Social Security. I've had hundreds of meetings on Social Security. Never, ever has a single person ever said they want to cut it. We're trying to save it, and then they run to the next member, and, and they're just trying to get one member to trip up, so they have the video. So now they run a national commercial with that. A member of Congress is talking about this. Hold that thought. We're going to go to break. Uh, one more segment. I did already text you the link to Filthy Pirate Coffee. Thank you. So, I appreciate doing that. Filthy Pirate and we Coffee. Should, we should talk a little bit about last night's floor speech because I think I, I set some people's hair on fire. We have updates on some of the budgetary numbers over the next 10 years, and they're just so ugly. Awesome. Sounds like a that's a tease, buddy. That's a tease. All right. Let's go to break. Uh, we're playing uh, music that was a uh, a part of my dad's record collection. It would have been his 85th birthday today. We lost him 10 years ago. And uh, so we're playing some of Bobby D's record collection here. Little Chet Atkins, Les Paul. Here we go. All right. 723 in the morning. Little Bobby Darren. Let's get back to U.S. Congressman David Schweiker. David, welcome back, sir. You know, your, your bumper music now being classy. Thank you. Once in a while. It's my dad's birthday. We, he, we lost him 10 years ago. Where he had a pretty good, uh, classic, uh, diverse record collection. So we're playing a smattering from uh, Bobby D's uh, record collection today to honor him. That's a, that's a neat thing to do. Absolutely. Um, so um, we're going to take a call from Sean. He had, he, had a, he had a budget question for you. I figured, All right, you know, shoot. you're my budget wonk, as we like to say. Extraordinaire. Uh, Sean, you're on with Congressman Schweiker. What's up, sir? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Congressman, I appreciate your service. I, I, I'm trying to be as nice as I can. And Matt, Matt's got his finger on the button. But what would happen? What would happen, Congressman, if we actually passed a balanced budget? What do you think would happen to the U.S. economy? Um, how soon do you have to be in balance? Is it five years, 10 uh, years, 25 years? No, I'm talking tomorrow, dude. I'm talking so tomorrow. tomorrow. To, what would happen to, if we tomorrow, didn't print up you basically, $11 trillion? Are you, are you allowed, let, him, let him answer. Are you, are you allowed to cut Social Security and Medicare? I didn't say anything. I said, can we balance the budget? Sure you can. What would I happen to, to the U.S. I have to shut. I have to, in, I have to shut down the military. And I have to shut down most discretionary spending. So let, so, me, let, let me ask a um, let me put a substitute question here: to successfully uh, cut to balance a budget and not do the dramatic cuts that you're talking about and crap out Social Security and Medicare, David, how long would it actually take to reasonably do something well, like that? It, it, you see, see, it's in some ways it's just the reverse because. Um, the baby boomers, the last oh, few years of the baby boomers are moving into retirement, so they're moving into their earned benefits. Let's use the 10-year number from now. So, so the 2034 budget, so 10 years from now, we did, um, I did a presentation on the floor of the House last night. Now, we haven't done the interest adjustments because you'd save some interest because you've been cutting spending and the bond markets might treat you better. But here's the flatline number. I would have to get rid of the entire military and the entire government. So all the Park Service, the FBI, the FDA, everything's gone. 
all, it's all gone just so I can, and I would still be paying all Social Security, all Medicare. I still have to borrow $300 billion. So all government is gone and the military. And guess what? The punchline gets uglier because the very next year, I now have about a 23% shortfall in the Social Security trust fund because the trust fund is gone. And so if you start to pay that now out of general fund, the borrowing actually goes up even more dramatically. And that's with all the tax cuts, you know, from the, in those things all expiring. Um, so, and that's with no wars, no recessions, no pandemics. Um, people have no, sorry, I was about to curse, no understanding <laughs> that. Got your hand on the button, in, Matt. In, <laughs> yeah, just, it, just within a few years, 75, 77% of all spending is just things like Medicare and Social Security and Every, and the rest of that, so that the remaining, you know, 20, 22, 23% depends on where you're at um, that year, is that's the rest of the government. That's all the defense. That's everything else you think of as government. We are an insurance company with an army. Is there a way out towards a balance? Oh, sure. But, but, so what's but the way it out? Turns out? But it turns out you have to do big boy thinking. You actually have to think like an economist, and it's a complex problem. It's a complex solution. It's not just this price. Just cut foreign aid. Foreign aid takes care of like two weeks of borrowing. Um, what you have to do is you've got to adopt regulatory policies, tax policy, trade policies, immigration policies that grow the economy like crazy. And then over here, you have to adopt technologies and cures and all sorts of things to crash the price of health care because almost all that future debt is healthcare. It's the math. It's can not I, me personally. I, it's the math. Can I say something? Please. Real quick, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for putting me on. I really appreciate it, brother. You you know how much I believe in you. And you know how much I believe in my town. Thank you. Thank you for telling the truth. Because it's it's painful. This truth is painful, and and most people don't want to get into that math thing that we got to do. God bless you, bless you, Sean. Thanks for the call. I got to get one more question in for the uh, congressman before I let him go. So have hey, a good have a good hey, day, call my friend. Metro's coming on. Call sign <laughs> Metro's coming on, buddy. All right, thank you, buddy. Have a good day. So, David, uh, one of the wakeys is saying, uh, why don't we stop all this silliness? Didn't David send $300 billion overseas starting with Ukraine? So- no, not $300 billion. Where do they get that? So there's been about $30 billion has gone to Ukraine, and that's functionally two weeks of borrowing. And um, the argument is that for future NATO budgets, we've saved a fortune. Remember, you've just taken out half of Russia's heavy armor. Um, you know, and, and, but that's a good example of that. You know, a lot of folks don't realize a lot of the crazy things you see coming in um, are professional trolls, bot farms. I, I, I get things sent to me every day. David, did you know this? And you're looking and going, "Come on, go look it up." You, you can't be that easily basically f- fooled. David Schweikert, thanks for taking the questions as always, and. Uh... Keep doing the hard math, as we like to say. And hey, if you get a chance, watch last night's floor presentation. It will 
it will put a pit in the bottom of your tummy. This when is you a, see what th- the real math is. This is on your YouTube channel. Yeah, and Forbes Breaking News should put it up tonight. All right, David. Thanks, man. Have a good week. Bye now. Later, buddy. We come back. It's National Pizza Day. I want to. I want to. I want to have a little palate cleanser. We're talking pizza when we come back. Screw the politics. Wake up, Tucson. Ten thirty. The voice. You know, there's so many uh, amazing singers who sang this, right? There's really four versions of this that are worth anything, right? Louis, Ella, Sinatra, and Bobby. And Bobby still does the best version. So, and that's pretty huge. That's pretty huge company to be in, as we like to say. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I consider Ella Fitzgerald the greatest pop vocalist of all time. Sure. There's no one who has her pipes. Forget that scatting crap when she got older. When you see in her prime, no better voice than Ella Fitzgerald. Well, and the famous uh, recording of her was in Berlin. I mean, that was live. That was yep. right there. Yeah. Eff- effortless singer. Effortless. And so she, good, could do, yeah. she could do all types, fast stuff, soulful stuff. There's a lot of great other people out there. Don't get me wrong. And I could, we've, we've talked about them, played them, and all that stuff, but and again, uh, this uh, Bobby Darren always had a, uh, this play. My dad had the album called The Bobby Darren Story. So it was like a best of, but it would have Bobby talking in between the, the song, which was pretty revolutionary for 1960 or whatever when that album came out. Sinatra did that, A Man and His Music, a double album, same, same concept. Yep. And um, what was great about it was uh, as a kid, I always got a laugh because what, what happened was when you got the end of side one, First song was Splish Splash, right? But then at the when he got the end of side one, he would literally say, hey, if you don't flip this album over, I'm going to run smack dab in the label. And then, of course, it had the sound effect of things crashing kind of thing. It was just cute. Today's National Pizza Day. So get out your, get out your, get out your pen and paper. Let's improve your pizza game. Give me a call, 790-2040. I would love to know your top one or two, three pizza places you like to go. Tucson's pizza scene is surprisingly got some good, it's got some good, good, good stuff there. And I remember when Brother Joe and I first moved to Tucson, Arizona with mom and dad, pizza was a little rough. A little rough. And we also remember, too, is as coming from New Yorkers, as New Yorkers, you know, we could go to our favorite place, La Mizanetta, Gino's Pizzeria, New Park, all these places, and get a couple of slices. In the late 80s in Tucson, Arizona, sometimes the slice thing for some of these people, I'm not talking like New York pizza over on uh, by Saguaro High there. They always did slices, right? But these other places be like, uh, yeah, I got to make a pie and then I got to cut the slice. So can you wait 34 minutes? We're like, get out of here. Jeez Louise. And the thing that saved us was Nick Headings, the owner of Arizona pizza. Nick used to work for Charlie at upper crust on Grant and Campbell. And then him and this other guy started Arizona pizza right next to hidden Valley. So we were in seventh heaven in those days. I had hidden Valley which was great to go to. Larry Colligan was dropping off ribs and chickens to your house, for God's sakes, right? Which was amazing. Radio dispatch trucks, yeah. you know. <laughs> right? Great. And then I had Nick killing it doing New York-style pizza because I think Charlie was from East Meadow. He was a Nassau County guy. And um, so, you know, Nick Nick made it happen, dude. 
you know, and so that was that 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 kind of saved us was Arizona Pizza, and to this day Arizona Pizza on Sabino Canyon is still one of my absolute top favorites. You can go in, ask for it, well done, and it's just perfecto. So I brought all my New Yorkers who came in for D and D weekend a couple of years ago. We went to Sabino Canyon for the hike. I told them, don't eat too much for breakfast. We want you to be nice and hungry. And we all went to AZ Pizza, and all my New York guys were like, this place is real deal. So that's, so of course, and then at Rocco's, Rocco's does a great job. I really like Rocco's Thin Crust. I don't like the thick crust as much. It's a little gloppy for me. He does a great job, the the deep dish. It's great for deep. But for me, I've always been a thin crust guy. His thin crust is amazing. I get it party cut. Again, I love it with – ask for his Italian beef on it. Get Italian beef and pepperoni on it if you want to go full carnivore. <laughs> winner. Um, upper crust, again, good, owned by Nick from Arizona. The, the, the circle is complete. Now Nick owns upper crust, right? So, again, the guys who own Bear Canyon Pizza, they used to work for Nick, and that's kind of a semi-joint operation, but – they kind of do their own thing. And then Dominic's Real Italian, also Nick helped him develop his crust. So there's there's a relation to the the pies there. Okay, got it. And then again, I really do like Fiamme on Swan and Sunrise. So after all these years, I still need to check that place out. I've heard so many good things about it. They're really, they do the nice smaller pizzas, but they, they do a thing called the Neo Brooklyn, which is the 16 to 18 incher. Like I said, it's got that beautiful picture of uh, Sophia Loren making pizza in the in the dining room, and I said, "All right, these guys can't be that bad, for God's sakes." So that's good. So I decided to go to the TripAdvisor top twenty pizza places, just to give me a little scattering of stuff. And it's a mixed bag up top, especially when sauce comes in number three. You got a problem, okay? But um, so they have Renee's Tucson, Renee's Organic. I haven't been there. It's not in my, if I'm going to go to Sabino Canyon, I'm going to go to I'm going to go to AZP. I'm not going to go to Renee's. But I know I think you're I pretty, like it. Yeah, I think we, Hoffman likes yeah, absolutely. Swiddle. So, uh, what do you like about their pies? Is it just do they? I guess my question is, oh, I hate undercooked pizza. Do they cook their? Do they do they do a good job cooking their pizza? To, yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. They used to. They don't have it on the menu anymore. But they used to have like a four cheese pizza that I just really liked just because it was a little different than the normal yep. you know cheese pizza but um yeah their their food's good their pizza's good so they got scordato's pizzeria on stone and river and they took organic oh. out of the name it's just renee's now so excellent <laughs> good job it's pointing that out well played as we say uh scordato's pizzeria it's okay it's okay it's a notch above sauce i'd say but nothing too crazy um now I've not been to Flora's. Now Flora, I think, is that guy. He's the guy who's the ex uh, Bianchi guy. Remember when Bianchi blew out of Bianco's? He's on Broadway, I guess. Flora. He's making those little kind of Chris Bianco knockoff pizzas over on Broadway. Uh, I've heard good things. Uh, again, have you heard good anything good about that? Give me a holler seven nine zero twenty forty. I mean, they have oregano's. I would never think of oregano's as a place to go to pizza. Uh, Time Market. Time Market's pizza is surprisingly good. Uh, they got a good crust. They they cook it well. Uh, their sausage and stuff comes from Kent at the Sausage Shop. Yeah, we like it. The only problem is you have to go to that area of town. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a drive for, for us. And Correct. Too, so. I have not been to 1702 in forever. So, I so they closed. I really liked it. They did close. I okay. really liked it. 
All right. Oh, I see it closed now. Yeah, yeah. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. Oh, yeah. Time Market. So to, just a detour is if you go there and get some pizza, get one of their chocolate chip cookies. I think we think I think they cook them in the pizza oven. Nice. They got the chunks of chocolate in them, and they got like the big flakes of salt on the top. So like, uh, oh, the fleur de sou. Anyway, very, <laughs> very, very yummy. Uh, now, I have not, again, I don't go downtown enough anymore, really, but uh, I would have told you the best pizza in the downtown 4th Avenue area was always Empire, next to Margot's Old Shop. But I don't know, uh, one of my guys who was really the stickler on the pizza left the partnership group, I heard. So if anyone has a review of Empire Pizza downtown, go for it. Um, no anchovies. It's okay. Um Mm-hmm. Tino's is closed. Sauce again. Please don't put Mod Pizza up there ever again, people. Oh, Anello. I think maybe Anello's the guy. I think Anello's the guy who's the ex Bianchi guy. That's right. I I thought it was Falora. I apologize. Uh, and yeah, this sounds this sounds right. This is the yeah. This is the ex. He's on two 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 East Sixth Street. Anello. That's the one. He's the ex Bianco guy. Oh, right. Yep. Right. So, Flora, I got I got no idea. I haven't been to Basil's or Basil's in a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Been a while. So, they kind of do that thin crust Chicago thing. Yeah. I liked uh, uh, trans, uh, Transplant Pizza, this one, and uh, Speedway. That was good. Oh, yeah. That's right. They're we, doing the Detroit actually, style. We finally tried that one a, few, a couple months ago. Again, I like um, the guy in the, in the mall. Yeah. Squared Up was delicious. You know. But um, I don't know if he's he's back in business. That business is in business. So I just happened to be by there yesterday, and unfortunately, I just couldn't work it to stop there. But I did walk by, and he is open. And I'd heard that there were some issues, but he he was open yesterday. So Barney wants to know if I know anyone who does a good gluten free pizza. I don't search it out. So you gluten free uh, nuts. I think Pat Hirsch might be a gluten free girl. Um, you know, I've been uh, Brooklyn again. I don't go to Brooklyn Pizza at all anymore. I'm in the Brooklyn Pizza in 20 years. It's not necessary. Actually, it's not necessary because Time Market's better than them. Uh, I never heard of New York Jimmy's New York Pizza and Pasta. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> the uh, uh, let's see, Arizona Pizza Company, the one I go to that I think is one of the best uh, on TripAdvisor's number 38 in the rankings. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Sergeant Pepperonis, I forgot about that. <laughs> Woof. Anyway, that's my, uh, that's Chris's take on, uh, I think your Jimmy's Pepe. place is, looks like speed, uh, river and Craycroft. Oh, okay. That's right. It used to be another pizza place there before. Okay. Anyway, again, I'd love that anyone knows anything about Jimmy's pizza and pasta on, uh, river and Craycroft. The, um, You know, I will tell you that, again, there's plenty of variety out there uh, town-wise. And, uh, again, we've we've learned to make the uh, – we're going to make it again on Saturday, that test kitchen one where you uh, do it in the big uh, half sheet pan. It's uh, pretty, pretty good. Look at that. I ask and she – and ask and I shall receive. Uh, let's go to the phones. We have our good friend Pat on the line who's my glu- – she's the gluten-free girl in Tucson. Hey, young lady, how are you doing? 
Hi, I'm pretty good. How about you? Not too bad. So what's our gluten-free pizza crust you like? I like Dominic's. Okay. You turned me on to Dominic's, and they're great. You just, uh, uh, and the other one, of course, is Rocco's. Yep. And uh, Renee, yeah. she knows all about gluten-free pizza. I bet. So... Okay, so those are good. Th- those are kind of spotted around town, so everybody can try one. No excuse not to. All right, so they'll d- take your money. Dom- <laughs> Dom- I bet Dominic's, Rocco's, and Renee's for gluten free. Awesome. Yep. Good job, young lady. Have Thanks a nice for day, thank you too. The um, and then uh, my buddy Mary, one of my Duran girls, says she loves the deep dish veggie at Rosati's in Oral Valley. I will tell you, I don't usually get too crazy over Rosati's, but Bill Number Two has introduced us to the Rosati's thin crust sausage. We had that that time when we went with uh, Matt, me, Bill, and Ed one time, and uh, I give it a thumbs up. So that's not a, that's not a bad option either. And is uh, is it? Wood-fired pie that's up in Oro Valley near there? Oh, Chard. Chard. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, I think Chard does really a nice good. job. Yeah, Chard does a nice job. And they do the they have good pepperoni, good toppings. And they again my favorite it's a it's a it's a it's a topping combo I've never had on a pizza, which I really do like. It's crumbled sausage with thinly sliced fennel. And I like it. It's 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 a freaking winner. So yeah, that's right. Chard, they do a nice job too. They're in the Oro Valley Marketplace, right next to the movie theater. They also do a nice job with their wings. They do a good salads. Uh, they actually have a very cool appetizer, which is a loaf of bread that they homemade loaf of bread that they cook in that super oven, and it comes with like fried crispy onions, ricotta cheese, and fig jam, and you just go to town with those three toppings on top of your homemade bread that just came out of the oven. So like a hug. Yeah. It's a, it's a bread hug. I agree. All right. That's your pizza talk for today. Celebrating national pizza pie day. So you're on the wake up Tucson show. 10 third of the voice, local news and talk. Let's dive back into dirty politics. When we come back, wake up Tucson. 7.52 in the morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson. We're playing a smattering of my dad's record collection. It would have been his 85th birthday today. Uh, this is from Jamie Smet. Yes, the Jamie Smet. Um, <laughs> well, before we get on to this, let's talk about, let's do a pizza shout out first. That's more important than news. Seven seven nine zero twenty forty. Howard, good morning. How are you doing, sir? Good. Good morning, Chris. Hit me, buddy. Um, the the uh, fire truck guys opened a pizza place on Kolb and Speedway. Oh, okay. I'm going there tonight, my wife and I. Have you been there before? No, it just opened. All right. Well, give me uh, call me tomorrow with a review. I'd love to hear it. Might be worth it. One other comment. Yes, please. I love your your buddy Sean called the U.S. congressman dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 true. He did. That's true. Well, I was in the Air Force for 20 years, and, and we'd get these young airmen in. You know, I'm a master sergeant. They'd start calling me dude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to the skateboard park. And, and you know, a guy used to upset me to no end. But I, it just struck a nerve when he said, hey, hey dude, I'm right with you or something like that. What's that's great hilarious. is that's totally Sean, the dude, right? And the cool yeah, thing is that Schweikert, yeah. Schweikert doesn't care. And uh, I know. 
ro- rolls with it. So I love it. So, yeah. hey, yeah. Howard, thanks, right. thanks for listening. Have a good day. Yeah, bye-bye. Later, buddy. 790-2040 is the phone number. So Jamie Smet, um, one of the first uh, reporters at KGUN 9 uh, at the age of nine, really one of their more older, experienced reporters. Um, a fire broke out at the community farm at in on Ellington Place in Midtown late Wednesday night. The Tucson Fire Department said it started in an empty building and spread quickly. The former Julia Keene Elementary School, look at that, was turned into a Midtown Forum four years ago by a... Um, a downtown, excuse me, a nonprofit group called Flower and Bullets. Tito Romero is the co-founder of Flower and Bullets. He was there while the Tucson Fire Department worked to put out the flame. I didn't name him that, Matt. They named themselves that. Now, not casting aspersions. We really, this is from Tito. Quote, we really don't know what started the fire. But thankfully, at the moment, we're only occupying the fields and not the building at the moment. TFD says no one was hurt. And the three-alarm fire, tree, that's a pretty good-sized fire. Um, it's like the Druids. No one know where they came from. <laughs> so, Matt Neely, empty building, 35 degrees last night. We don't know who started the fire. Of course not. How could it have gotten started? No electricity was on in the building. Nobody left an oven on. Why is it so hard to say uh, some homeless uh, folks started a fire inside the building? Why is it so hard? Seems seems like a plausible story to me. Now, if somehow we're wrong, we will. We'll, we'll, I'll do. I'll do the apology. I'll do the Jimmy Swaggart. I have sinned and said I was wrong. Why? Why? Why is this a thing? <laughs> when you see empty building on fire, homeless pl- possible drug fentanyl gang fire. I mean, that's where you at. Let's let's keep this crap real. Uh, Pima County Sheriff's Department. This is from Marcos Ikehuate and at Kagan 9 again. Um, an employee for Pima County Sheriff's Department was booked for fraud schemes. They launched a fraud investigation on a person who had schemes. Look, what, what a sentence. PCSD launched a fraud investigation on a person who had schemes against the department. Yes, sir. What are we doing? Bobby Darren story, if you'd like, before we uh, exit. Well, we can we could do a Bobby Darren story. Let's do it. Seven nine zero. Who is this person? This it's is Marty. Marty. Marty, <laughs> yeah. Marty hey. you got you got two minutes to uh, tell me a Bobby Darren story. Okay, Chris. Bobby Darren put on a live concert at the El Rancho Roller Rink in Sierra Vista, Arizona. Wow. In July of nineteen fifty nine. Splish Splash was his uh, top tune. And guess who his front band was? Uh, you tell me. The Champs. Wow. In Sierra Vista, 1959. Yeah. So the Sierra Vista, and what was the name of this roller rink? El Rancho Roller Rink. 
El Rancho Roller Rink in Sierra Vista. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah. When True did, story. I was there. <laughs> the uh, th- is that when? When did the roller rink go out of business? Uh, oh, a number of years ago, Chris. It 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 subsequently caught fire and burned down. Gotcha. But it went out of business in in the '60s, sometime I think. All right, I love it. So 1959, which I think is one of the key peaks for music, anyway, right? I always say that. Right. Very late '50, early '60 is like top for like pop stuff, jazz stuff, country for me personally. Uh, so 1959, Splish Splash and Sierra Vista, love it. Sierra Vista and the Champs was the front band. Beautiful, Marty. Thanks for sharing that story. That was awesome. Oh. Okay, Chris, you're welcome. Thanks, amigo. Thanks for listening. Hey, Matt, when we come back, we're going to play that video of Representative Mace talking to the four morons from the, the four ex, the four morons ex-Twitter employees. These are the ones that Mar- uh, Mar- Marjorie Green told them, you guys left on 44,000 child porn accounts, but you took me down for exercising free speech. Missed it, but I love that the one guy's name is the Vice President of Trust and Safety. That could be my new nickname on this show. I'm going to be the new Wake Up Tucson <laughs> Vice President of Trust and Safety. Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. One more hour to roll.